Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering Season 1, Episode 3, titled And the Bags in the River, following off of last week's Cats in the Bag, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about at great length, so I think we'll uh, kind of skip that for this episode. Do we have anything we want to talk about before we get into the recap of this episode? Uh, I'll do a little bit of pre-pimping. Uh, as always, wanted to make sure we raise awareness for all fans of Breaking Bad, of the Breaking Bad Fan Fest. Yeah. They're throwing a festival just for you. The least you can do is show up. It's in the <laughs> Albuquerque, the ABQ, mm-hmm. the Albuquerque. Uh, and uh, it's uh, being uh, it's for fans, by fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be there. We're going to be hosting a celebrity panel yep. uh, that has uh, Louis and Daniel Mans- Mancata. Yeah. Or is it Mansada? No, it's Mancata. I'm probably butchering it. And please don't hurt me, guys. You look very intimidating. In, in... They're bringing their axe, I hear. So <laughs> yes, they're bringing I... their axes and their skull-toed boots. <laughs> it's bordering on a little bit of spoiler territory, but uh, you got that to look forward to in season three. Uh, also got Stephen Michael Cazeta. Hello, Agent Gomez. Mm-hmm. He is not the uh, was it trick car. Trap car. He's not trap the car. trap car king. No, he's not. But he's still a pretty cool guy. And Jeremy Bitsui. Uh, there's going to be trivia, tours. The fact the first 50 VIP passes get a free complimentary tour of Breaking Bad locations in and around ABQ. That's Check it sweet. out at abqbreakingbadfest.com or facebook.com slash breakingbadfest. We will see you out there. It's Oh, oh by the way, it's in November. November 7th and 8th. Okay, cool. Let's get into the recap for this episode. We start pretty much where we left off last time. Um, Walt and Jesse are cleaning up the guts from their mishap with the bathtub. <laughs> and Walt is having a flashback at the same time where he's breaking down what the human body is made of. And, and again, it's like, where does this fall on the line of ham-fistedness versus just cool. I, I think it's comedy, right? It's no, not... No, not with Dave. Some of this is played for comedy because when he's talking about what the body is made up of, he's mentioning certain elements, and then he's finding these elements in the slush. That's certainly got to be comedy. This is Jim Jones comedy, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mis- dark. Mr. Zombaby over here. How is this any less comedic than a, a body dripping through the ceiling? Okay, that is, I, I, I guess I see your point, but nothing of this struck me funny. And I think the difference is kind of the Dave Porter music, the ambient okay. music that's kind of more sure. reflective. And uh, you're right. Like they mention iron, they find a gun, they mention calcium. He's souping through mm. and finds a jawbone. Uh, and then at the end, this woman, who we don't know who is yet, mentions that uh, there's still a discrepancy. There's still less than 1% remaining. And she suggests, probably jokingly, that it's a human soul. Yeah, that's way farther down the line. But yes. oh, did I did I did I confuse the two? They leave it as what is you know. Yes, it's got to be more question. than that. Yeah, and I like how this episode opens with that question because Walt. I, I feel like you know, there's obviously the tie-in with them cleaning up the slush, but there's also this kind of metaphysical question that they ask later mm-hmm. uh, about the soul, and they kind of ask it jokingly, but um, it's. Kind of interesting seeing Walt contemplate what makes him the person he is. Right. When he's struggling with the killing of Crazy Eight. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, what is the difference between a, uh, Walter White and the thing that he becomes? Yeah, yeah. What's the missing piece? 
what's seeing him have this dry theory about what the human body is made mm-hmm. up of and like, yo, let's break it down. And then you see yeah. a human body broken down as chemical soup <laughs> in, in this horrifying <laughs> reality. That's, that's, that is Walter White's transformation in a nutshell. This chemistry is his catalyst. He's got all this yeah. theory of how to these horrific ways you can kill people and dissolve bodies and make drugs and, and do all these things. And then it, 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 they have these benign dry lab ab- applications and he puts it to, mm-hmm graphic use later and it's every time he does that it seems like it erodes him a little bit as well yeah and you're right it, it is a little ham-fisted sometimes uh they bust out the bacon gauntlet when they give lines like there's got to be more to a human being than that yeah and, and, and i feel like they're really trying to drive home this point of walt struggling with what he's got to do next sure i will say that i'd never really mind the ham-fistedness it's not so yeah. um it, 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 it's it's usually something that's in the cold opens, or it's something that sets up a theme, or a stat, or, or or draws a theme to a nice t- tidy end in an episode. It's never tidy whitey end. It's never something that just continually beats you over the head over. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if we came back from every commercial break <laughs> with a, another piece of the soliloquy of and a more obvious point yeah. that they're making. Yeah, yeah, but it's it never seems offensive to me. It just especially. You know, you got the Gonzo camera angle again. Mm-hmm. You got the underneath the floor, seeing the slot Super being cleaned cool. up. You got the the toilet cam mm-hmm. of stuff being flushed down. Doing things well and adding some visual spice, yeah, goes a long way. It's like yeah, I can scramble you some eggs, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, okay, whatever. I can scramble you some eggs with some salt and pepper and sriracha, and you're like, hello, and I put some cheese in there, and it's like, yeah, now we're talking <laughs> breakfast, bitch. You get throw some bacon, <laughs> and J- Walt Junior just like comes, yeah. Then he out of nowhere, it and comes downstairs or out of his bedroom. So I, I feel like that. That's anytime you're dealing with tropey stuff, the solution is just execute it at an incredibly high level. Sure, and this show is known for that. I, I think I heard this show described as one of the most uh, cinematic and uh, what's the other word they used? Uh, cinematic and something. Hmm. Uh, and it has a very cinematic feel to it. This show, right. more than any other that I've watched, feels like watching a movie. What's hilarious is that, and I, I think this is the first episode I kind of really noticed Dynamic, it in. That was the other word. But I feel like this this episode looked ever so slightly dated and cheap compared to stuff that happens later. Sure. Which is yeah. amazing because this is really revolutionary, groundbreaking stuff. But yeah. when you get to the heights that they hit in seasons four and five... <laughs> You know some of the shit they get up to there. It's it's sure. it's a whole different ball of wax. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is the writer and director is directed again by Adam Bernstein, which I found out a bunch of different stuff through Shane Bowman's Heisman Heisman Heisenberg, not Heisman yeah. Trophy Heisman Trophy the Heisman dot, Chronicles. <laughs> it's the Heisenberg Chronicles dot Tumblr dot com. The Chronicles of Walter Junior becoming a quarterback and breaking his leg. <laughs> With his howitzer <laughs> cannon arm. Yep. Uh, but this director directed eight episodes of Breaking Bad all in total, hmm. which is the second most of any director right after... McLaren. Michelle McLaren. Yep. And uh, he's married to Jessica Haight, Haight, Haight who Who's plays uh, Gretchen Schwartz in Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. We'll find out who Gretchen Schwartz is later on down the line. Indeed. Like... Way on down the line. <laughs> As written by Vince Gilligan. You might have heard of him. Maybe. Uh, so then we go over to Marie at uh, the store, and she's talking. Or, or, sorry, no, she's in the nursery. 
the nursery that's being painted by Skylar and Walt Jr. She's complaining about her shoes, and then Skylar brings up the question of, well, I'm writing a book, and my character needs to be on pot, and I don't really know what it's like. What's it like for you? And Marie confuses this with Walter Jr. being on pot, and things go bad. Things go bad for her. Yeah. I don't... It's it's funny. I don't know. They... Uh... Marie gets serious and and Skylar felt lightheaded. They don't have a huge. Yeah. I don't think they have a they a vast uh, amount of experience dealing with herb. Probably not. No, they they feel like they tried it in college once, yeah. maybe twice. Yeah, D- didn't like it very much and just kind of sure. It's terrible. It yeah. Um. What did you think about? Um. That ah, never mind. I I. I think I was going to save it for a spoiler section. Okay. There's a line that I really love in here where Walter Jr. is saying, hey, I'm going to go hang out with... Uh, Lewis. Lewis, my buddy. And she says... <laughs> Skylar says, please don't say yo. You can't know how much I hate that. <laughs> right. Because obviously we saw her <laughs> talking uh, a lot of smack with Jesse sure. last episode. Skylar White, yo, in the house. Yeah. I'd appreciate it if you didn't sell my husband weed yo <laughs> uh moving on walt and jesse are hosing each other off after they get the job done uh, of cleaning up emilio and then jesse goes up to the bathroom and he gets high uh, it, it, they're hosing each other off in children's pools inflatable children's pools yeah they're covered yeah. in gore with aprons and mm-hmm. all this weird lab gear and there's hosing themselves off pulp fiction style yeah, in 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 children's pool to catch every little bit. It's I just thought that that was something unintentional, hilarious. That these shopping trips sure. these guys go and take, uh-huh. you know, like uh, I wonder what it's like to be like a drug dealer and you're going to Home Depot and you're buying meth cooking shit or whatever. Sure, you know, it's like what does that do to the shopping experience? You know, I'm seeing Jesse and Walt. They're in the mm. they're in the summer aisle of Walmart or whatever the Piggly Wiggly or whatever the ABQ's got, and they're like, I don't know, man. You think we should go with these tubs or at children pools are on sale? All right, climb in that ch- children's pool, Jesse. See, yeah, see, if, like, see how it fits you. <laughs> right, right, right. And then just them blowing it up and yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's funny to think about. And you know, Jesse's like in the camping section, getting into the tent, and shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so. I'm curious what they actually use to make it look like Jesse's really smoking that pipe. Because there's smoke coming out of it. Uh, yeah. It obviously can't be like the dry ice that they'll typically use for a smoke or something. Why is that? Because, well, it comes out of his mouth, for one. Well, can't you I, it, Can't you inhale dry ice vapor? I'm sure, I'm it's sure carbon dioxide. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't want to be stuck in a room with it, but taking a puff. <laughs> yeah. I question whether it would actually come out of your lungs as vapor. Do you think they just use like some sort of vapor, some sort of vaporizer? Like those are available. Yeah, vaporizers are I'm not talking like to be clear. I'm not talking like your uh, 420 vaporizer. I'm talking about like yeah, the, yeah. the cigarette replacements they got now. The oil the e-cig type yeah. stuff. The uh, oil maybe. atomizers could be. Or he could just be smoking meth. He, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think he just went for it. He's a method actor. No yeah. pun intended. They smoke clove cigarettes on Mad Men because they're lightweights. <laughs> Breaking Bad, they hit the fucking rock. Yep. So Walt cleans, cleans up uh, Crazy Eight's toilet, which is 
uh, just hilarious to me. I don't know. He's taking a bucket of shit and pouring it into a toilet. Well, don't you think that there's some parallels there to disposing of human re- remains and the human waste and kind of sure there i don't know it's it's it feels like it's a commentary on walter's view uh evolving view of human life could be could be i don't know uh crazy Eight then tries to talk himself out of the situation he says that you know your real problem's upstairs and mm-hmm. he he means jesse obviously uh, I Plus, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like uh, Jesse isn't his real problem, right? I mean, well, he kind of Jesse is definitely a problem. Okay, I don't want to get too spoilery. No, no, I don't want to get spoilery at all. But that that's a good question mm-hmm. to ask: Is Jesse Walt's problem, or is Walt Jesse's problem? Yeah, and like he... I, I don't know that Jesse really screwed up with the whole Emilio and Crazy Eight thing, right? It was. Emilio, who recognized Walt being with the DEA, mm-hmm. that really screwed them there. Right. I mean, I don't know if it goes any different with Crazy Eight if he doesn't recognize him. Well, but... Jesse sure opened, told them more than they needed to know. Yeah, yeah, about Walt's life. And certainly. that is definitely a problem. But on the other hand, it was under yeah. duress. So. so finding that out, Walt goes upstairs and he breaks into the bathroom to confront Jesse about it. Uh, and they argue... Uh, over Jesse doing meth, and Jesse tells Walt to just go do his part of the job. Sure. Uh, uh, the this scene is great. Oh, my God. The... <laughs> Jesse on the toilet and Walt, and they're doing this kickboxing, a kid-and-play yeah, style. Yeah, it's so... Foot dance. <laughs> it's pathetic. Like, everything about this scene and these characters at this point feels a little pathetic. Yeah, neither... Like, Jesse's smoking meth uh, on the toilet he's, he's sitting on the toilet to prevent walt from shoving his drugs down the toilet yeah and then when walt goes to block the door he decides <laughs> i'm gonna shove him i'm gonna throw him out the window and run downstairs and grab him right which you know good plan good plan but it, it all just feels so petty and silly and that's the point of the scene i it's, mean it's, it's, it's comedy relief before we get to the really serious stuff that we got to deal with it's totally looney tunes and even at the yeah. end where uh Walt is berating Jesse. He's like, you know, that you would have dissolved if you followed my instructions. Like, well, Heil Hitler, bitch. And he yeah. does a little Hitler mustache. Yeah, yeah. It's so many little funny touches like that that really, really lighten the mood of an otherwise pretty... For for, for the first time ever, this episode, I, I don't think it's too slow, but it definitely yeah. slowed down from the pace of the previous episodes. It did, and, and, and purposefully. does, does a know? lot of introspection, and if it didn't have scenes like this in it, it would be pretty, pretty bleak, pretty dreary. Not just bleak, just Absolutely. dreary. Yeah. Uh, and another great line, that the coin flip is sacred. Yep. I mean, that's just, you know, got to have that. And then we go back to, over to Marie shoe shopping, and Hank calls her... Calls her in the middle of a bust. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't get over the fact that Hank is actively arresting these guys, <laughs> yelling at them to sit back down, but he's he's calling his wife on the phone. No, I feel like time. Marie, like, texts him, call me 911, you know. And she he's pretended in, like it was a big and emergency. He's, he, and he's just as he's about to bust in his place, he's like, Jesus Christ, Marie. <laughs> and as soon as he gets the bracelets clapped on these guys, there's yeah, some yeah. semblance of order. Uh-huh. He calls her, and he, but he still has to, like, you know, kick some ass. Yeah, he's got to lay down the law, too. <laughs> 
so anyway, she tells Hank that Walt Jr.'s on pot, and then she steals a pair of shoes. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that is there a little is there a little Marie Walt parallel here that you know she's got this imagined slight, and it's not imagined. This this uh, shopkeep was just being a bitch. You yeah. know, she's she's acting like a person getting paid minimum wage would act. Doesn't care about her job. Doesn't care certainly. about her job. Uh, almost like that. That's justification for what Marie's doing. Yeah, but on no, the other she hand, uses it that way. But Definitely. on the other hand, she's stealing shoes because uh, she leaves her shitty nurse's shoes there, right. or her radiologist shoes, or whatever she is, right? Uh, there as a fuck you, as a, like this is what you get for being a bitch to me. And you know, we talked a lot about the Skyler unlikability problem, but the Betsy. Or the Betsy Mar- Brandt, yeah. Uh, the, Mar- not Betsy. <laughs> not not uh, the actress herself. Marie. Marie. Yeah. Marie's unlikability problem is even worse. I mean, there's oh, yeah. very little to redeem. She's she's dismissive and rude to everyone. She's got really Critical shitty opinions. And bossy. And... Even when she's talking about nurses or the workhorses of the hospital. Yeah. And it's kind of like this... That, you know, it's kind of like this really gross stereotype that doctors, or even in this case, a radio a radio radiologists, look down on the nurses, and she's just openly doing it right in front of family, right in front of her young nephew. Yeah. You know, oh God, I look like a fucking nurse. It's just it's the worst thing she can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing. You know, she does these awful petty things, and there's nothing to balance. You know, Walt's doing these awful kind of awesome things. Yeah, yeah. But she's really, really <laughs> unlikable. Also. Make note of her trademark purple. She really smacks you in the face in the scene. Yeah. I I mean, people, you know, don't know that yet. I was going to bring that up in the spoiler section, but purple is is Marie's thing. She likes purple. (laughs) Many other characters transform, but but Marie's is purple. She is. She holds down the purple fort. Yeah, she holds fast to the purple fixation. So Hank decides... I'm gonna I'm gonna teach Junior a lesson. He takes him down to the Crossroads Motel, aka and, the Crystal Palace. The Crystal Palace, and I do mean motel. This is a fucking motel. Yeah, there's no hotel about this. No. Uh, so he goes to the Crystal Palace and he tries to scare him off pot by introducing him to Wendy. Oh yeah, uh, Wendy, Wendy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think of Wendy? <laughs> what do you think of the, just this scene in general? The the attitude that Hank has, the attitude that Junior has. Well, it's just great because the establishing shots are this dude in like the full face tattoos. There's used condoms yep. in the, the road. Everything's super seedy. You got Wendy, who in real life is an attractive person. Sure. They've really f- done a, a number on her hair, makeup, and teeth yeah. to make her look this fucking disgusting. Sure. And uh, just, just Hank is so fucking rude and degrading. Uh, to, to use a word that the Crazy Eight used earlier in the episode, to this this poor woman who's a victim. I mean, that's one of the more fucked up things mm-hmm. in War on Drugs yeah. is, you know, same thing in, in, in you see in The Wire, like these cops revel in tackling this low-level street crime mm-hmm. when they're really victimizing the victims and they're not really accomplishing anything. But, you know, Hank's just making an example of this woman and, uh, you know, it's like he doesn't even have the right to do any of that stuff. And again, he's doing it right in front of his Certainly. nephew. But he's trying to scare him straight. 
Yeah, like I totally understand what he's doing here, but it's also funny that Junior has no fucking idea what's going on because he's not doing drugs. Right, he just thinks he's getting this normal <laughs> like, This uncle. is fucking <laughs> random. I thought we were going to get yogurt or whatever. Cold, I thought we were going to Cold, Strange, Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> yeah. um, and here he is in the bad part of town at a shitty motel. But also, it's like, come on, marijuana is a gateway drug, Okay. 100% of the people that have tried marijuana have probably tried alcohol and tobacco first. Sure, I don't I don't feel like I need to argue the politics of this scene. Uh, <laughs> I do. But, but you apparently do, so we'll go there. <laughs> I do. This is a guy that's all about drinking booze and drinking beer and brutalizing criminals, and he's lecturing on the, mor- the morality of the gateway drug. Yeah. If you can even call marijuana a gateway drug. If there is such a thing as a gateway drug. Yeah, I mean, everything's a gateway that's a, to that's something. That's a concept that seems ridiculous and dated at this yeah, point. Yeah, like, what's a gateway crime? I mean, there's, there, that's, I don't know, it's... It's a personality type that that becomes a gateway to anything. Sure. It's not It's not the substance itself, come on. Sure, sure. Um, I we're, really wish that Wendy hadn't interrupted his explanation of the first time he tried, the first and only yeah. time he tried pot, because it sounded like it was going to be a doozy. <laughs> Uh, that's maybe, probably why he's maybe that a ex- DEA agent. Maybe that explains in the if you look at the pre the prequel webisode uh, where uh, Hank and Marie are getting married and he's wearing his ice cream cowboy suit and he confides he he confides in the Walt that he once had an experience with a transsexual person. Uh-huh. Maybe the weed is somehow involved with that. I don't gateway know. to sleeping with transsexuals. Ga- gateway to uh, gender bending. Yep. Yep sexual sexual questioning <laughs> it's obvious uh all right let's move on to wendy going back to her room because mm. she goes back to her room and we find out oh my god jesse is up there and uh he's getting it on with her and he's with he's her. like super intense like you know what are they asking what are they, they're wanting yeah. to talk about me he's paranoid because you know he he saw hank didn't right. he i mean he definitely saw wall i don't know if he knows that hank is Walt's brother at this no, point. No, he does know a DE brother. I don't know the he DEA he brother. He has DEA brother, I but I don't... I don't know if you recognize him on site either. I don't think he would. So, whatever. But on the other hand, maybe he just knows that's a big black DEA truck. Yeah. But regardless, he's got he's got some kind of uh, paranoia going there. And plus, he's on, he's high on meth. Jesse fucks Wendy. Mm-hmm. Um, What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not... I would love to talk to like a trucker, for example, that's like you know someone that's patronized a lot lizard. You know the, the type that's like yeah, yeah. you know ten dollars for blowjob, twenty for P and V. Why don't you just jerk off, man? <laughs> like you, twenty, twenty. You're gonna pay twenty dollars for that. How is that an enjoyable experience? I don't, I don't get it. I, I would be more worried about what is being perpetrated on me. Well, but it's like at that point then then getting off. But what's this there's a weird two-way psychology going there. The person that's selling themselves just for the price of literally the next hit. Yeah, yeah. And then someone buying a human being for that and what does it say about their self-worth and the self-worth they have of others and try not to be judgmental because yeah, I really haven't talked to anybody that's done as like a a true Windy style street <laughs> street hooker, but I just well, don't get. They're it. out there. You can go try it for yourself. Maybe maybe we'll get some fan mail. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's my that's my greatest hope that we can get some oh, some God. lot lizard or truck truck stop sampler email about this topic. 
Perfect. <laughs> that I can educate myself with. Then we go to Walt, who is listing the pros and the cons of murder, uh, specifically murder in Crazy 8. And he calls Skylar, and he lies about being at the car wash. But Skylar knows, because she talked with eyebrows. And he said that he fired him, or that he quit. It's shocking to me, going back and rewatching this, how fast this stuff unraveled. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like, in retrospect, if I told you that you know some of these topics would still be issues seasons later, you'd be like, no, how can they possibly keep some of this stuff going? But sure. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Definitely. But third episode, halfway through the third episode, Skylar White finds out that, you know, Walt is, is lying and he's not able to keep up this facade. What did you think of the pros and cons list that he made? Uh, lots and lots of uh, pros for letting him go, you know. But sure. on, on the other hand, a lot of them were the same thing. They were. They were really only two distinct pros. Like murder is wrong. Letting him go. There was like murder is wrong. Um I forget the exact ex- exactly Judeo Christian principles yeah. or values or whatever. But then there's like uh, it's the moral thing the, to do. Those are all the same reason. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like can't live with yourself, PTSD. Those are kind of the those same are too. also kind of the same things. But it's interesting that this is the Walter Walter White persona generating, you know, like maybe yeah, making yeah. more, like trying to put the thumb on the scale of that side. But then the sure. one reason <laughs> he will kill you and your entire family. <laughs> Got a big reason. The dark side of him is like there's, and that's if you put yourself in the morality of the situation, it's hard to argue against that. Yeah, no, I... you let this guy go, he will murder you and everyone you love. Mm-hmm. Versus you kill this guy who's already tried to kill you. Sure, uh... I, I think in the end, Walt does the right thing for his family here. That's a crazy statement. I know. And that's what's, know. <laughs> that's the one of the really interesting things about the show is it invites you to uh, go down this path with Walt and ask you continually, are you still with him? Are mm-hmm. you still with him? Are you still with him? I'm with him here. He's got to kill Crazy 8. <laughs> you got to. You got to. Like, you shouldn't have gotten this situation in the first place, no. but now you're in it. Right. And the only way out you is You shouldn't to kill cook him. meth. Sure. But if you cook meth and you have a drug dealer <laughs> Krypton locked down in your basement, you got to kill him. Yep. <laughs> I agree. So Skyler tells him to stay where he, wherever he is for the night. Uh, and then Walt goes up and prepares a sandwich for Crazy 8, and he even cuts the crust off, which is nice. Didn't use a cutting board. What a dick. Ruining yeah. Jesse's counter, ruining his <laughs> knives. He's got no respect for this I, young man. I think Jesse doesn't have much respect for the house <laughs> or the knives either. Jesse would use a cutting board, yo. He might. He might. Uh, went, so then he goes downstairs to feed Crazy 8, and then he passes out. He totally drops the sandwich and smashes the plate, and mm-hmm. it, food goes everywhere. His face lands on the floor. Uh, when he wakes up, he tells Crazy Eight that he's got cancer. And then he makes him another sandwich and chats with him, and they kind of bond over beer and baby furniture. Yeah, it definitely invites you to uh, compare and contrast the intimacy that he currently has with Skylar. Mm. He's spending the night with Crazy Eight, and he right off the bat tells her something that he tells him something that he has not told Skylar. Yeah, he's been married with for years and years and years. Is that because he feels safe in telling him because he knows he's going to kill him? I don't know. I just think that it's – I don't know. I know I don't think so because at this point, Walt very much, and he, he so much as says, I'm looking for a reason to let you go. I want to let you go. Yeah, sell me. Yeah, so I think it's just – I don't know why he's more comfortable telling him about the cancer or why he decides to – It's the beer. It's the one gulp of beer that he's got in there. No, he, he says it before that. I don't know. He says it's, it when he wakes up. 
I don't talk to a lot of strangers, but I imagine it's like if you're going through marriage problems, relationship problems, or job problems, and you're like in a bar situation, it might be easier to mm-hmm. talk to a complete stranger. That because the one of the reasons you don't talk to your loved ones about important things going on in your mind is repercussions. Not just repercussions, but you are concerned with the mental image that they have of you. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to lose any esteem in their eyes, so you know that's that's a very dangerous path to go down. So you don't have that's that with unhealthy, a stranger. But with a with stranger, stranger, you just don't give a shit. You know. Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, the, one of the things that I really like about this scene, uh, uh, there there are a couple things. Uh, first one being the way that they kind of warm. They show Walt warming up to Crazy Eight. Yeah. Um they they demonstrate it very effectively by showing him roll that first beer to Crazy Eight. Like, I don't want to get near you. I'm afraid of what you're gonna do. He hands him the second beer. Right. Uh I feel like that shows, you know, Walt warming up. Walt starting to say, Okay, maybe this guy's not as bad as I thought. Maybe he'll keep his word. Uh it's <laughs> it's just I really like the build up. I thought it was executed well. Yeah, and I feel like that the character portraying Crazy Eight slash Domingo, whose name is Max something or other, I I, I shit, I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. did a really good job of really walking that line. We talk a lot about on our Leftovers podcast how that show does a really good job of walking a line between the possibilities where you're not sure, you know, when he's showing, um, you know, Walt saying, "Hey, I'm going to go unlock you." There's a vague, there's a little bit of vague, like kind of a predatory gleam, but there's also like visible relief. Yeah, and you could, depending on what your, um, your your biases are, you could see either one. And I, I thought that that's that's not an easy thing to do is to get that kind of performance, uh, yeah, and deliver and, that kind of performance. And the fact that I think we as an audience warm up to him, right? Sure. We just saw him as some gangbanging thug before. Now we see that he's a real person, right? He worked in his father's baby furniture store. Uh, he worked. Uh, he is a smart guy. Went to college. He has feelings and emotions sure. just like any other person. Well, now you start to warm up to him as an audience member, and, and you're wondering, do I even want Walt to kill this guy at this point? And you got to think, Walt. You know, when this guy starts talking, I got a business degree. You know, it's like I shouldn't be in. I shouldn't have been a criminal. Yeah, I yeah. should be running a business. I should be helping my old man expand into. You know the the surrounding states, and we should have the lot. Walt, he kind of sees himself in that. That Walt's got this advanced education, and he's you know had uh, bigger and better things planned for himself, life, and here he is. Sure, you know there, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard? You, you've heard of Stockholm syndrome, right? Sure. That's where your cap fall in love with your captor. Fall in love with your captor. Did yeah. you know that there's an opposite to that called Lima syndrome? No. Where your captor starts taking pity and feeling sorry for the the captee, the captive. Oh boy, no, I'd never heard of that. Uh, it was coined in, uh, and I got this from the awesome Serial dot com Breaking Bad observations, but it was mm-hmm. coined in 90, 1996 because of a Japanese embassy that got invaded in Lima. Uh, if, if something's not a hundred years old as a concept, I don't want to hear about. I it. I don't think Stockholm syndrome <laughs> is too. Call me in twenty ninety six. But these guys took it over to took take hostages, and they uh, ended up letting them all go like days later because they started okay. identifying with them and feeling bad about the mistreatment. Sure. 
So I feel like... That's why it's best to kill your hostages immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Before that's even a possibility. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always do. You take your hostage, you kill them. That's how they know you mean business, and that's how you avoid Lima syndrome. (laughs) Not sure. There's a flaw in that plan, but I damn if I can't identify it. Somewhere. Yeah, so those are the things I like about that scene. Uh, Walt goes upstairs to get the key after being convinced to release uh, Crazy 8. And he realizes that Crazy 8 has the shard of broken plate, or or that it, at least it's missing. Um, and then he goes downstairs to to check it out, kind of to, to feel out Crazy 8, and he let, sees let him reaching for it. Let me ask you, yeah. before we go much further, why do you think Walt had this kind of Spidey sense sensation? So, as a programmer, I often run into this phenomenon where... You've got a problem you're working on. Uh-huh. You don't have the immediate solution, but you kind of walk away from the thing for a minute. Right. Uh, you go do something else, and you just kind of let it stew in the back of your head. Sure. And then you'll have an epiphany at some point. Right. Where where your brain has been working on this problem, even though you didn't realize it. Right. I think that's what's going on with, with Walt here. I think he's got he's got some evidence that doesn't all add up, and it's just kind of stewing. And then he looks in the trash can, he sees the plate, and his brain goes, aha. Do you think also part of the missing piece in the human body discussion that he was meditating on earlier was part of that mental stew? Ah, that could be. It's like, yeah. you know, where, where there's got to be, there's a missing piece. Where is it? Uh, I wonder if yeah. there was a little bit of that. But no, I totally agree. Uh, and I Jesse think... says, like, look, if I were this dude, I'd be waiting for an opportunity to jump you. Right, right. So that's going on in his that's brain. That's this episode. And I, I think yeah. there's some, there's two types of type of people. There's the kind of analytical um and there's the like the happy-go-lucky like once they make a decision they just don't ever think about it again i suffer from the sure. latter 99 percent of the time is just a useless worrying kind of uh you know <laughs> low-level stress feeling but one yeah. percent it really bails my ass out uh definitely i think walter's got that that nervous monkey brain going on yeah i think so so that's what what i read from that so he goes downstairs and he murders crazy eight one other question In when, he's, scene. when he's putting the pieces together and he's like, why, why are you doing this? Who is he talking to? Is he talking uh, to Crazy talking 8 or talking eight. to himself? I think he's talking to Crazy 8. Hmm. Like, like I was going to let you go. Why did you have to grab that piece of plate? I mean, that's, that's, that's certainly, I think, the correct interpretation, but I think the argument <laughs> okay. could be made... Uh, for the incorrect interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> no, an argument could be made that he's also t- speaking to his, uh, you mm-hmm. know, darker side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know that we've seen really a dark side of Walt, though. Oh, I don't know, man. Some of that vault, that the anger he has, and the mm-hmm. way, like yeah, you yeah. know, breaking down. Jesse's trying to take a shit. Yeah, he's smoking <laughs> meth. But you break the door down, you yeah, just assault yeah. this guy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe there is some rage in Walt. We'll we'll find out. Uh, the next morning, Jesse... maybe there's some rage. Wait, maybe there's some rage in Walt. That's his, his, his maybe his I don't want to be a spoiler. Okay. Come on, man. All right, I'm trying to keep people with virgin ears clean here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, Jesse comes home to find the RV totally cleaned up. Crazy Eight's gone. Walt's nowhere to be found. The bike lock is now off the pole. Uh, I, what's going through Jesse's head? in this scene when he sees all this uh it's 
like a dawning realization that they might get out of this scot-free. Yeah, this is exactly what he wanted to come home and see, right? But he, he's just <laughs> shocked. Some. Yeah. He's just shocked. Like, the RV is immaculate. There's not even any meth cleaning equipment there anymore. The yeah. basement is, is you know, I'm sure that obviously the bathroom, all that stuff is still fucked up. But, yeah. yeah Walt this, must have worked all night uh, he had on to that have. stuff. He had to have. Yeah. And I just feel like it's this dawning realization that, you know, things are maybe maybe they're they're going to be okay. Yeah, and it's also backed up by kind of the establishing shots in this scene where you see this pristine neighborhood with sprinklers going yep. off and joggers walking around uh you know, and then Cap and Cook rolls down the street, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a little out of place. Yeah, you wonder like what the neighbors talk talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's this cuz he's coming in all hours there. of the night and mm-hmm. yeah, he's dressing like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> driving around in that car. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I really like the establishing shot showing this pristine environment and then coming home to what was a horror show and is now just Slap. as pristine as the neighborhood. Sure, sure. With the exception of the destroyed bathroom and hallway. But yeah. Well, yeah. We'll forget about that for now. Keep sprinkling some baking soda on. It'll be all right. But we find out that Walt called in sick to school uh, for his class and they have to watch a video on carbon. Which, you know, is the majority of the human body. Very important stuff there. Does that say anything about this episode, or is that just kind of a incidental? No. Uh, so Walt gets stabbed in the leg. Yeah, but yeah. Nothing really comes of that, right? Mm, uh, not that I know of. Yeah, no. I don't think so either. I wonder why they actually threw that detail in, just so he couldn't ex- completely escape unscathed. Yeah. I assume so. Uh, then we go out to the desert where Hank and Gomez are investigating Walt and Jesse's cook site. And then Hank inspects Crazy Eight's car and he finds a secret stash with some very white meth hidden in it. Mm-hmm. Very Walter White meth hidden in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out that Crazy Eight was a snitch in this episode. Sure. Didn't know that before. Well, we knew someone was a snitch. Mm-hmm. We kind of... I think that the episode before wanted us to think it was either uh jesse or emilio right yeah but Which, no it's it's definitely crazy eight yeah so you could be forgiven for thinking that it was emilio because he was out of jail like the next day sure sure uh and jesse thought that was kind of weird and the target was captain cook the target was not emilio yeah yeah tellingly so uh, i think it was crazy eight though and then we get walt Wait. Uh, yeah. they found Maybe the we'll... gas. They found the gas mask at this site. Oh, they did. Yeah, is that a possible continuity error? Because yeah, we talked about this before the episode. Jesse and Walt were both uh, when they when Je- after they poisoned Crazy Eight and Emilio and the pilot. Mm-hmm. Walt slaps on a gas mask on himself. He throws one on Jesse. Loads him into the RV. They drive pell mell. Who knows? Pantsless and shirtless. Who knows how far? But <laughs> I'm assuming a couple of miles. And then they run yeah. into the ditch. And at one point, Walt throws the the gas mask off into the middle distance, whatever. Yeah. This gas mask is found less than, like, 30 yards. Is is it the fact that, you know, the the kids found it and played with it and brought it back, maybe? Maybe. Or is it just, I'm thinking about this too hard and I really shouldn't? It's either a continuity error or there is... Maybe a backup gas mask that was left 
out there. That's lame because they did I show agree, Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So um, it, it's weird though that the the crack team of writers that they have would not recognize that that would be well, they're crack. There wrong. is no evidence of crack team. It's Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan <laughs> for the first four episodes. Are you he's, saying he's not a crack team? <laughs> I'm, he's definitely he's 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 crack. But he is not, not a, team. a team. Okay. Uh, so I think maybe there's a couple of things like that where it just you don't really notice it on the first viewing, but when you start watching mm-hmm. it and doing research and watch it a couple of times, you're like, hey, wait. And some yeah. things you can explain, like you know, we were over lunch. You were like, why was the DEA out there? And like, well, okay, yeah. Fire department called them. They found uh, Crazy Eight's car out there. We know from watching the wire that they keep databases on their criminal informants, their CIs. They probably got a little, you know, thing to call their hand, their, you know, who Hank or Gomi or one of the handling agents that got them out there. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. But but that the gas mask, uh, I don't get. Yeah, uh, then we get a scene of Walt sitting on a bridge in his car, uh, and a flashback of him. He's at a literal crossroads, and, and his assistant, or I guess his assistant. It's Gretchen, but. Nobody really knows that yet. Right. Right. <laughs> is that is that spoilery? I don't think to so. To say her name. Don't 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 Google don't don't Google Gretchen and stay off the Breaking yeah. Bad wiki for God's sake. If you're on a Breaking Bad wiki, yeah, what are you doing? Might as well join us in the spoiler section because yep. you will not survive that unscathed. You just won't. No. Uh, but no, I, whatever. I'm trying to determine their relationship in this scene. It seems like if they're not I dating, can't... then Walt's being creepy as hell. Sure. But she doesn't seem like she's a student of his or anything. No, I think they're colleagues. Colleague, okay. Collegial. With a little bit of chemistry involved. <laughs> All right. Uh, and she jokingly suggests that maybe it's the soul uh, that is the other percentage of the body they're missing. Yeah, and the silver, silver-tongued... How much does the Wal- soul weigh? Walter White's uh, leans in her personal space and says, there's nothing but chemistry here, baby. <laughs> sizzle, sizzle, wow. pop, pop. Good one, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> how much does the soul weigh? I don't know. How much does nothing weigh? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, I'd imagine. Yeah, throw your soul up here on the gram scale. We'll find out, Jim. So I kind of talked a little bit about, you know, what what I thought this all meant in the context of him having to kill Crazy 8 this episode and struggling with that. So I don't really think we need to go there again. But no, he's he's at a literal crossroads. He's thinking about this. He's thinking about yeah. the absence of soul. He's trying to ponder. He's at the crossroads motel. There's so many, there's so many things here that say he's stuck. In 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 Walt's mind right now, because because the next scene he comes home and he tells Skylar just something I gotta tell you. Is he going to decide that this is the one time deal with 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 Jesse and uh, that I, I escaped? as you're watching the virgin eyes do you feel like that he's committed to cooking meth that now that he's past the worst of it he's going to be um he's going to be reinvested in that or do you think that in this this point that he's going to be completely anti and want to be want to be out i i felt like watching this the first time i think my reaction was okay he's going to stick to his guns and now he's out of meth right obviously I don't think the show would survive five seasons if he's completely over it, and now he goes back to being a high school teacher. <laughs> no, but I wondered so what was going to... I kind of wondered what was going to bring him back in, or was the fact that now it, it, he 
he's really cooking the meth the one time, but it's now going to be a cat and mouse game about, you know, trying him going through cancer, Mm -hmm. him trying to keep Jesse's mouth shut, him trying to avoid his brother-in-law. I mean, that's excitement enough to to last a series if he just never cooks meth again. The fallout from that one single incident. Yeah, yeah. And and really, people have talked a lot about that coin flip. Mm -hmm. Um, If it had gone the other way, and Jesse had been the one who had to kill Crazy That's a Eight. great question. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that in the spoiler section, I feel. Okay. Um, but specifically as it relates to this episode and, and the previous one, it's a very different story for Walt, right? Like, does he ever... Do the events of these last two episodes ever drive him to to confess to Skylar what I think he's going to confess to Skylar in that he has cancer? Mm-hmm. Um, or does he just continuing his kind of shocked emotional state. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a great question. We can talk about, as you say, more in the spoiler section. Okay. But that's the end of the episode. He, he just walks in and says, there's something I have to tell you. So uh, why don't we do some pimping and some feedback? Uh, okay. Well, if uh, you like what we're doing here at Bald Move, if you like our rewatching of Breaking Bad or various other podcasts that we're churning out week in, week out, um please support us uh, through one of the following ways. You can go to subbable.com slash bald move where you can exchange money for custom content and uh, other bald move merchandise and memorabilia. You can also use your amazon.baldmove.com affiliate link. It takes it to Amazon. It's the same as just going to amazon.com except for the dot bald move dot in the middle there supercharges your cart with love and wealth wishes and money sent directed to, to to bald move and and it costs you nothing that's the cool part that's yeah that's cool you so when shop you're buying like, you shop like you're normally going to do yeah and you're you just, buying your your lighter strips you're buying your tyvek uh, suits your tubs your <laughs> you're buying your acid Go to Amazon.BallMove.com. We're stocking up on your hydrogen, your calcium, your iron. Yeah. Uh, use Amazon.BallMove.com. You can also uh, rate and review us on iTunes, which mm-hmm. helps us a lot. That's how we stay in um, the What's Hot section. That's how people notice us. That's how we get in, um, you know, other people subscribe and liked. And that, that helps grow our network. And also you can share us on social media or tell your friends and family. Uh, it, all that stuff helps us get a bigger audience and for everything you guys do to support us and for all the ones that are out there just listening, really appreciate it. And, uh, you're the reason we're doing what we're doing. All right. It's time for some feedback. Let's get to a couple of quick hits on Facebook. Ryan Q said, this is the episode that hooked me hooked, hook, line and sinker got hooked. One and two are great, but the whole interaction between Walt and Crazy 8 with Walt hoping against hope that he could find a way to let him go showed that this show was a step above other television. And the mm. opening, Walt and Jesse cleaning up the liquefied Emilio intercut with his younger, hipper self basically having sex with Gretchen via a conversation about chemistry. <laughs> hey uh, What happened to be about the chemical makeup of the human body? Just absolute genius storytelling. Economic and powerful Begins to fill in our backstory, heightens the current tension, and can exist on its own as a just a very memorable scene. And the shot of the bloody acid dripping down in the basement in front of Crazy 8. That's just some next-level shit. Yep. Totally agree. And I feel like Breaking Bad is very formative in my education for television appreciation. Because 
you don't like he said you don't need to know about the economics of storytelling and shot selection and framing devices Mm-mm. for that to be a memorable scene it kind of that awareness kind of sneaks up on you as you delve a little deeper so sure yeah i, I think that speaking of gateway drugs breaking bad is a lot of people's <laughs> gateway drugs to good television yeah, yeah. I'm, I went back and watched The Sopranos recently, which another pe- another show that a lot of people say, you know, it got me into good television. Sure, sure. Started off this kind of golden age. Uh, I think Breaking Bad, you know, <laughs> Breaking Bad is light years above Sopranos, in my opinion. Light years? Yeah, it, there's no comparison. Yeah. Sopranos uh... is a piece of dog shit compared to Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because on the following thread, you rustled some people's jimmies. Just unquestionably putting Breaking Bad above everything, and then there's a big debate about. Well, it is. It's obviously better than anything else that's ever been produced. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not not trying to stir the pot. Or we we here. can debate, man. We need to have a top ten list. We we need to yeah, so we can cause an list. actual fist fight in the studio. Yes, please. Um, Mallory K said one of my favorite episodes for me and Mark's Walt's official descent into becoming the H Berg. There's a super gross app of <laughs> it's it's coded to protect people from spoilers, I guess. Okay. Uh, there's a super gross app of funny scene, great Walt Jesse chemistry moments, a flashback scene where we see the old Walt putting some smooth moves on Gretchen. Mm-hmm. Really good tension when Walt finally makes the hard decision. Awesome stuff. Agree. Disagree with any of that stuff. Uh, Tara QC, the plate scene is what made me realize why my brother has been hounding me forever to watch this show. Shout out to Frack and T. I had no idea this was a brother sister act. No, neither did I until now. So thank you for illuminating that. Uh, I have to watch you both now. When Walt was piecing that plate together and realized a shard was missing, it was the same fucking A wow level as Chaz Parliamentary's character. Oh, I can't fucking, I can't pronounce that Who? guy. In the usual suspects, when he recognized the Kobayashi's uh, name on the coffee cup, I didn't see Walt as hat. Oh, spoilers for unusual suspects, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Your favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Soze. Boom. What? Boom. Uh, now you don't have to watch the movie. I just, just helped you dodge a bullet. Neo style. I didn't see Walt as having an ounce of street smarts about him, so that really surprised me. Uh, the liquid Emilio scene was awesome. I loved how Walt was using the baking soda to absorb, like mm. janitors use sawdust to absorb vomit in schools. Yeah, ah, neutralize that acid. As she says it, I can smell that sawdust. Ugh. Sickly sweet sm- sawdust smell. I like that I'm watching on Netflix. I can't imagine what they did on AMC about all the F-bombs and shits, and the language doesn't sound like cussing just to cuss. It fits into the characters. That's a good question. I believe the F-bombs were all neutron. But this this uh, is the first show that kind of introduced a neutron f bomb on an AMC. I know they let a, a staple few slide. Now. Yeah, not I don't verbal, know if they not, let all of them. Not audibly. I'm pretty sure the audio dropped out on every one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about everyone. They, I don't think they say fuck on AMC. I really don't. Maybe I know I've heard a fuck on AMC. <laughs> They've given at least one fuck. I've given several fucks on AMC. I'm just saying I'd have never heard one. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. As the thunder rolls in the background, uh, Marcus DD Double D. Upon first watch, I have a feeling of, or I had a feeling a sense of intense relief as Walt went to retrieve the key for the bike lock. I realized how incredible the writing and acting was when I felt the same sinking feeling that Walter did after piecing the plate back together. 
Last week, AMC's Facebook page polled users for their favorite episode of the first season. Many people chose to default to the pilot. I personally feel that this episode is far and away the best of the season, as well as one of my top ten Breaking Bad episodes of all time. Hmm. Interesting. That's that's a bold statement, considering some of the stuff we get in seasons four and five. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great episode. I, I And I'm also surprised at how many people are saying, oh, God, I love the plate scene, because I was hearing the exact opposite when I was reading through some of the, like, doing my research. People were like, how did he know about the plate? Like, that kind of, that's kind of bullshit that he just figured it out. And, like, I didn't think so, so I'm glad to hear that our audience didn't think so either. Yeah. No, I th- I thought that that was people that don't get that as kind of, like, some some weeks I don't know, not weeks off because I don't get some things, but and maybe if it's your first watch through and you haven't fully, but on the second mm. watch it seems natural that a guy like Walt would piece that together. Yeah, yeah. And again, like you know, if you're more the happy-go-lucky type of person and you don't have these like spidey sense feelings, um, <laughs> I, I don't. You know, you might you might think it stretches credibility, but that that shit is okay. real. The struggle is real. Well, I was reading on Reddit, so I, I know yeah, yeah, that yeah. no one on there is happy go lucky. Titus D said, "Wow, reading these comments here, it seems I'm in the minority. This was, and to some extent, still is one of my least favorite episodes of all time. Huh. I think for me, when Crazy Eight says this is degrading, it really hit home for me how horrible a thing this was for Walt to be doing." He's essentially torturing the man, and it became really hard for me to watch Walt's procrastination. This episode felt slow to me on first watch, and I kept thinking, just kill him already. Well, then now, <laughs> with the benefit of hindsight, it's interesting to go back and watch how Walt handles this type of situation. That's a pretty interesting perspective on this, right? Like, I, you don't really think about much about the situation that Crazy 8 is in. It's right. focused on what Walt has to... the decision that Walt has to make. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, when you think about it from Crazy Eight's perspective, I, although I don't know, it's hard to get over the fact that they that he was going to kill him. Like Crazy Eight was going to kill Walt just an episode ago. Uh, I, I don't know that I've forgiven him enough to worry about how he's feeling in that scene. Sure, and I, you know, I don't know, because... but it's interesting to think about. It's something I hadn't even considered. Right, right, right. Um. Let's see, what else we got here? I think we're ready for emails. Jake from New York said, I should have known from episode three that Walt was truly a monster. This is the moment he officially crossed the line in my book. One slice of ham and one slice of cheese and Crazy Eight sandwich? <laughs> Unforgivable. <laughs> right on, man. You make you, It's the least you can do if you poison someone and chain him to a fucking post, make him shit in a bucket. Mm. Make him the full Dagwood. Go yeah, all out. And, and cutting the crust off is pretty inefficient. You can pull the crust off. Sure. And end up with more sandwich. Sure. Because he cut a good third of that sandwich away. Yeah. Yeah. No, cruel. I'm, cruel I'm, and unusual. I'm with you, Jake. <laughs> Justin from Singapore said, would like to get your take on Gomi's comment about the snitch. Mm. Is he referring to Emilio getting off on bail in exchange or ratting out his cousin? So we took it. We got this email. Yeah. And we kind of took it for granted. I think you could tell from the main cast that the snitch was crazy eight. Yep. And then uh, Justin here asking her the question made us really think about why do we think it's crazy eight? Would you care to elaborate on that? Because I think you did most of the work. Yeah. So I went back and I watched some of the episodes and I I gave it at least a good five seconds of thought. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The way that Emilio reacts when the raid happens in the pilot. Sure. 
Uh, and the fact that Emilio is even there during the raid says to me that he is not the snitch. Pretty strong evidence. Uh, he didn't seem to know that the raid was coming, and, you know, he tried to flee when they busted in. You would think a guy who knew who was the cause of the raid that would know a little down. bit more. Right, yeah. right. Uh, also, Crazy 8, when he uh, when they drive up to the cook site in episode mm-hmm. 2, Crazy 8 is driving that car. Okay. And then they mentioned that, something that, about that, that, car... that car being the snitch's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless Emilio is the type of guy that just rides shotgun uh, in his own car. He was in the back seat, like, in, oh, you know, well. enforcing on Jesse, yeah, yeah, yeah. making sure shit doesn't go wrong. Right. Uh, so I I don't know that there's super solid evidence there, but you can kind of infer that Emilio is not the snitch. You had and one other piece, too. What's that? The fact that Hank and Gomi oh, yeah. had no idea. Emilio, so they, they, they hear Emilio Koyama as a name, and they don't react as if that's their informant. And it's not like they were trying to protect the source in front of Hank. If they were doing that, they would act totally differently. So I think that's yeah. a pretty strong piece of evidence, too. Was there yeah. any others? I think that's... I think that's about it. So that kind of informs our um, assumptions. We do have quite a few more takes in the spoiler section. But you know what? They're in the spoiler section. So if you this is your first time through, <laughs> highly encourage you to shut this shit down and get out while you still can. <laughs> also, if you want to go with color theory, because uh, Breaking Bad loves to do that, sure. especially fans, uh, Crazy Eight's house is painted green on the inside. Mm. So, you know, his car is going to be green, too. Mm. Yeah, and that's the kind of color theory I get behind. There is some color theory... Uh, I love the serialable.com observations, but I've never been a big color color analysis guy, except for they do theme the characters together. Yeah. So I could see, you know, if the guy's got a greenhouse, he's going to, you know, drive a green car, that kind of stuff that ties together. Yeah, I mean, Jesse's got, like, a red bike and a red car, mm-hmm. and he's I think he's wearing red, red in red, the first episode. He's red hoodies. and Yeah, he's all about the red. Red and yellow. Sure. He's dressed up like a poison arrow frog. <laughs> All right. What else do we have? Uh, Is that it? Time for the spoiler section. So, again, if you've got virgin ears, GTFO, yeah. we will see you in W next week. <laughs> Are you just going <laughs> to abbreviate four. and do an acronym for every single For, for EF episode four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to GTFO then. All right. See you in the spoilers. With the spoiler section, what do we have this week? There's a lot of, and again, I don't want to say it's foreshadowing because the, I, yeah, yeah, it's more like Vince Gilligan effectively strip mining the past to make the present better. Mm-hmm. But I thought it's interesting when Crazy Eight he's chained up in this basement, um, being fed like a dog. He says it's degrading. I wouldn't do this to my worst enemy. Yeah. We know that that is very close to what jesse pinkman's penultimate fate is in breaking bad yeah he is chained up up and put in a little underground cell and yeah right news and that's not his worst but far away from being his first uh his worst enemy at that point Mm -hmm. um and when jesse does finally kill todd who is his uh, tormentor he strangles him to death (laughs) with a restraining device 
Right. It's weird how the deaths in this series are bookended like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, what do you think about Walt's kill, do not kill list? Like, in it, his reason for killing is protecting himself and his family's life. Sure. And he's got a ton of reasons on do not kill. As he evolves into Heisenberg, mm-hmm. the list of reasons to kill someone is starts to be, well, I don't want to go to jail. Yeah, yeah. And I want to protect my product. And then I just, I don't want to share money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the reasons yeah, it, not to kill people keep shrinking. Sure. That's why I didn't want to say too much about, you know, the anger of Walter White yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, up up front in the non-spoiler section because, you know, he does become a much angrier, much more violent person by I think the end be, of it. Certainly. It'd be interesting if we doc if if we kept uh, some sort of document where we we start off with his list now and as he crosses things off and adds things to others and then at the end of the <laughs> if if we do a full series rewatch which we're not even sure we're going to do yet um, it would be interesting to go back and see when he's in full Heisenberg mode what's on his reasons not to kill is there anything yeah, yeah. yeah. and what's on his reasons to kill yeah no that that would be cool. Uh, so I like that. Um, How about the other big thing in this episode? Gretchen. Yeah, what about her? We are introduced to Gretchen. Yeah. Uh, she becomes obviously a big part of the, n- not a huge part, but a significant part of the series later on. She's definitely part of Breaking Bad lore because we never oh, really yeah. understand. And knowing Walt the way we do, it's entirely possible that their business arrangement that goes wrong is purely some petty bullshit. It could be cu- purely That's that Gretchen did fell out of love with him, fell in love with with Elliot. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I inferred, I guess, from the information we do have that that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, he couldn't get over the fact that Gretchen and Elliot were together, and he kind of blew up the business relationship as a as a side effect of that, as a way to spite himself. Yeah, and and you can tell that he never really sees it that way because of the conversations he has with Gretchen later on where he's like, you guys squeezed me out and all that. That that doesn't strike me as a totally honest portrayal of that scenario. Yeah, that situation. and later when she confronts Gretchen with that about being squeezed out, she yeah. kind of is hurt and outraged at the accusation, but that's hard yeah. because... There are people out there that act that way, regardless of whether you have legitimate points or not. Or she might not even be aware that that's what they did, even if they did do that. Sure, because uh, Walt seems like the type to just take it and then you know pin you know pin this stuff up, pin this stuff up. But by that point, I view Gretchen as a much more honest oh uh, indication of the truth than certainly Walt. So yeah. I take her word over Walt's at that point. Yeah, yeah, which to me says. Walt feels like he's being squeezed out even though he never was. Right. Um, I feel like that there are a lot of parallels. It's not that I feel feel like this. This is something... um, I had like one... The first half of this note, and then I went to Cerebral, and I just blew my mind Mm -hmm. at the parallels between Walt killing Crazy 8 and Walt later killing the character of Mike. Okay. That... The uh, man-trout. The the, the (laughs) man-trout. He... He both, like, you know, Walt goes and feeds Crazy 8 before he kills Crazy yeah. 8. Uh-huh. And he saves Mike from a life in prison. He tips him off um, that the cops are circling around him at the park where he's with his granddaughter so he can bug out. He brings him his bug out bag. 
But at the last minute, um, he finds a potential murder weapon in crazy in, 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 the, in the in the form of the shard of the plate. And when he goes through Mike's bug out bag, he finds that there's a revolver there, mm-hmm. which gives him the second thought that he that uh, you know maybe he's going to be killed, and he has to end up in, end up killing them. And even and here's the thing that I got from the serial serial site is the way they stage these shots. Walt goes up to get the key. Uh, uh, on top of a cabinet to free Crazy Eight. Walt goes up to get Mike's car keys, reaches up above him on a cabinet. Uh, the way they framed a shot of him looking in the garbage is exactly the way they framed a shot of him looking in Mike's duffel bag. Yeah. So they intentionally drawing a parallel here to what end? Is it just something that there is, again, this is strip binding the past to make the present seem cooler? Or is there something thematic here about Walt agonizing over killing crazy eight taking the point uh taking the time to get to know him as a person versus killing mike Hmm. someone who he had spent a long time getting to know i don't know what's i i'm not sure exactly why they did it this why they're doing this uh it could be a case of them just wanting to make it cooler and connect some dots for the sake of connecting dots or it could be that maybe those are just kind of standard shots for those things. I mean, reaching up to the top, that's kind of not just a standard shot. No, but no. looking down into a yeah, receptacle seems like, how else are you going to film that? <laughs> but but the fact that the angle, like the angle of the POV is the same. When you see yeah. those things, look, I mean, you can draw a perspective line from like Walt's eyeballs to the focus object there. And but that's what you want to do, right? If you want to show that someone is seeing something, True. you shoot from their it's eyes an establishing to the shot. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, so what else do you do? The coin snatch. No way. That's 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 intentional. Yeah, getting getting the keys off the top of something seems intentional, and maybe it's just to make it cooler. All right, I got three other things. One that you hinted at, uh, which I want to consider last. Okay. Marie announcing that she hates these shoes. They make me look like I should be someone changing bedpans. <laughs> Highly ironic uh, in light of her relationship with Hank and how it evolves after his injury. Yeah. Where she's forced to become that person. Mm-hmm. She becomes his nurse. And again, that's not foreshadowing. That's just really they're 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 doing they took a line that they used just to make uh Marie into kind of this odious character, and then they yeah. hung a major character arc on it. That's that's the beauty of it. Like build your story around the characters that you've created. And I feel like that that's not really hard to do. You just have to be passionate about what you do and you got to give a shit and you have yeah. to kind of work with the same amount of people so they are as invested. I read an interview with Aaron Paul this week where he said Breaking Bad set was like nothing I've ever been on. Like I I ran to work every day. I couldn't wait and everybody I felt like yeah. everybody in the building felt the exact same way that we were involved in something special. And you hear that about, like, you know, Peter Jackson working on uh, the original Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. It seems like any time that you're doing something at this kind of next level, you've got to have that that passion. Um, The other thing is the Walt and Jesse, we talked about their fight and how comical it is. This is something that happens every season. And every season (laughs) it gets a little less funny and a little bit more brutal and uh-huh. a little bit more real. Until Jesse's pointing a gun at Walt ready to kill him. <laughs> and it's – that's one of the – and I think that's – you know, we, we a lot of times bemoan the fact that Breaking Bad lost some of this dark comedy um, and just got dark as things go. But I don't know – like them having this little sl- footsie slap fight on the toilet would not fly in season five. 
No, no, I don't think it would. The characters are too, not in that place anymore. Too many bodies, too big a gulf between them. Yeah. That's there's real hurt, not just mere annoyance. And I again, it's, I think it's something that they do brilliantly. They do. But let's get to the last thing: the coin flip. What if Walt <laughs> had won the coin toss? He disposed of the body, oh, which wow. would have gone out, which would have gone without a hitch. Mm-hmm. And Jesse had to kill Crazy Eight. It's it's very different. I think Jesse becomes season four Jesse a lot quicker. I will go so far as that Jesse gets killed and Crazy Eight escapes and maybe Walt gets whacked with his whole family. Or wait, why? Why does Crazy Eight I don't escape? Think, I don't think Jesse could kill Crazy Eight. At this point, maybe I don't not, think yeah. I, I think that he would have pulled the same Jedi mind trick on Jesse and Jesse would not be a, he'd He's either dumber. be meth addled yeah. or he just wasn't intellectually stimulated enough although he did he was the guy that told waltz like look if i was him i'd be playing posse and i'd be tr- possum and yeah, i'd yeah. be you know doing all this land and wait maybe he would be smart enough but i feel like there's a strong possibility that he kills jesse he escapes we know he's a criminal informant for the dea he calls up hank and says you're never going to believe this yeah I and the show's over in four episodes <laughs> right it, it's yeah it's the same reason why Walt can't stop cooking meth. Because his Jesse's kind of first death, which isn't really a death when the drug dealer got killed with the ATM machine. Oh yeah, yeah. That was accidental. Yeah, he couldn't even when it had to it had to happen, he could not do it. Yeah. He had to have an outside agent intervene. I I'm with you. I I don't know that he necessarily Although at this point I would say I didn't think Walt could kill him either. Because, well, I mean, if it wasn't the life and death struggle, I mean, that's a little bit of Heisenberg came out yeah. when he was choking him to death. And it was like, you know, he was trying to avoid getting stabbed. I think is is the first time Jesse killed someone when he kills Gail. Yeah. Contrast what that took and what the motivation and how much love and how it affected and him loyalty he had for fact. Mr. White. I don't know that Jesse yeah, yeah. would have killed Gail to save himself, but he would kill yeah, Gail. Yeah, yeah. To save Mr. White, that motivation mm. wasn't there. I, I don't know. I just don't know if he could have done it. Now, if he did, let's let's go ahead. Might be right. But if, if he did, it changes his character to season four Jesse almost immediately, right? Yeah, where he's I'm the bad guy. What does that yeah. do to him and Mr. White's relationship? Because he, he's got all because this... then Walter doesn't have the blood on his hands. Uh, he's not starting his transformation to heisenberg and now jesse is i mean what does their relationship change into at that because, point because jesse could be the bully jesse like, at this point has yeah. all the leverage because he could go and destroy walt's life and the fact that he just has this thing over walt where you made me do the worst of it mm-hmm. like uh you melted the guy everything went off without a hitch that was easy look what i had to do now you owe me yeah, especially since he it would have gone like that, the way it actually went. If Walter's been in charge of body dissolving, it would have gone super smooth. It yeah, would have looked yeah. like, oh, I got the shit <laughs> into in this one stick. torso yeah. in the other. Done. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, it fundamentally changed that coin flip. Fundamentally determines their relationship, hmm. uh, and it's interesting to see that cascade through the rest of the series. I tend to agree. All right. Anything else? I uh, just want to mention that I uh, every week I'm hugely entertained and amazed at the work that Shane Bowman's doing over to Heisman Heisenberg God, the Heisman Trophy Chronicles. Yep. The Heisenberg Chronicles uh, on his Tumblr site heisenbergchronicles.tumblr.com. I will link his notes for the second episode 
Um, and I'm I was continually impressed with uh, the notes that we get from the the serialable.com site. Uh, if you want to delve deeper, if you still want to know more, uh, definitely hit those two up because it's like the expanded expanded version. Okay, sounds good. That's it. All right, we'll do some. We're done. We'll we'll know what what we I've almost forgot. Most important part: spoiler feedback. So let's do it. Chris Neal. One of the thoughts I've been having is how much Breaking Bad is also Jesse's story. I see his character have an almost inversely proportional arc to that of Walt's. Mm. So in a way, the title of the show could reflect Jesse's growth as a character and that he's breaking away from the bad in his life. I never considered Jesse to be an inherently bad guy, even from the start. He struck me as a good-hearted individual, but a bit of a knucklehead and somewhat lost. Once Jesse finds something he cares about, like being with a father figure... Or like like with being a father figure to Brock, he finds direction and a more fulfilling purpose in life. Uh, too bad that didn't work out for him. He's aware that his bad choices have left him stuck in his current position in life, but he's capable of much more than he lets on. Something Walt hammers into him with the misguided and condescending apply yourself scolding. <laughs> I also seem to remember that in this last episode of the series, Skinny Pete explaining to Walt that the blue meth is back and better than ever. It came off as a throwaway line, but I think that reveals so much about Jesse. Even divorced from Walt's influence and shadow, this punk kid who never amounted anything, and that few, if any, believed in, was able to transcend above the great Heisenberg, beat him at his own game, and finally is given the strength and wherewithal to free himself from Walt's grasp he had on him from the pilot when he's given no choice but to work with Walt. Jesse's story is a long and difficult journey, but we all felt the catharsis of Jesse finally standing triumphant, albeit broken and damaged, Jesse survived, not just physically, but the seed of his good nature to survive good nature survived through the course of the series and all its darkness and evil. Jesse is a hero to any of us who go through a hard time, whether by our own choices or not, we can decide for ourselves to make it through adversity alive. And then fuck off to Alaska. Sure. Uh yeah. No, I I like his take on Jesse. I don't know why we included it in this episode. Because <laughs> it's a very non Jesse episode, but but yeah, he's he's right on about you know them having kind of diametrically uh, opposed arcs. Mm. You know, Jesse starts out as the thug, the thug, uh, and ends up finding himself along the way, whereas Walt loses himself. Was Jesse ever a thug? I can't. I can't he's, in he's a good conscience. Gang banging, whatever. Is he a gang banging? I feel like a th- <laughs> I have to be. I have to be intimidated by a thug. Okay, Jesse right. is not intimidating to anyone. No, he's not. He's he's more liable to start a fight and get his ass beat than sure. to start a fight and beat ass. I don't know what you call that. Tweaker. I think tweaker is the perfect term for him. All he's right. a low-level tweaker Yeah, yeah. With, with pretensions to chili pea grandeur. Certainly what he starts out as, and then he changes drastically over the course of the series. Certainly. Uh, Josiah H. said a few thoughts on the bags in the river. Last week, Jim mentioned that inside of, the sight of Emilio's remains splattering on the floor was as gruesome as anything the show would ever do, and that's absolutely true. Just an episode later, the show goes even more viscerally and emotionally gruesome with Walt's murder of Crazy Eight. It's barely a minute long, but it feels much longer as Crazy Eight fights to the end and Walt's pathetic apologies bringing an intimate ugliness to the banality <laughs> of the whole event. Yeah. It's a moment to show prove that it wasn't going to let anyone off the hook and it wasn't going to cheat viewers and characters out of tough choices through plot contrivance. It's the moment that hooked me. Another hooker. Another guy, person got <laughs> hooked. 
Although we don't know yet yet know the name, I believe the H-Berg was born in the closing moments. The Are Heisen people actually B. saying the H-Berg or are you <laughs> oh, censoring is, them? This is just me being funny because I dropped... spoiler section. I dropped Heisenberg like 50 <laughs> times in the main part of the cast. Because here's the thing. Yeah, now you're coding it in the spoiler if you, section. If you are so blind Breaking Bad spoilers that you don't even know that that the concept of Heisenberg, I, yeah. I don't think that that's... It's a, it's one of those pseudo spoilers. Like if your panties getting a wad about that, then I don't know what to do, man. You got to watch shit when it comes out live. Sure. If Heisenberg is a spoiler bomb that puts you off for the show, yeah, don't know what to tell you, man. Um, let's see. Anyway, although we don't know his name, Heisen B is born in the closing moments. <laughs> I'm gonna call him H Bird, the H Dirty H Bird. Uh-huh. When <laughs> in the closing moments, when Walt tells Skyler that. He has something to tell her. It's a brutal and blatant manipulation designed to turn the tables on his wife and readjust mm. her emotions towards him, and it's ugly. Yeah. That is a true fact. I was going to wait to talk about that till next week. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it, I already had a big problem with the fact that you got this man not telling his family that he's going to die, but then to yep. wait to drop that like a shard of metal off of a tall building to completely blindside them and throw them off this other nefarious thing you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. It's, Walt being devious. Walt is a devious character. Yes. He's a weasel. Shit weasel. On rewatch, I think the coin flip provides our first glimpse into Walt's psyche of passing blame. Jesse reminding him the sacredness of the flip allows him to calculate his decision through the prism of the action of not really being at fault, but rather an action that could be blamed on someone or something else. It's a mindset that sets Heisenberg free and culminates two years later out in the desert when Walt tells the Nazis, I found him. In his moments of greatest crisis, Walt either shifts blame or transfers his anger, never taking responsibility. Think of that, man. No, he's right. Uh, that's that's Walt to a T. Yeah. He takes all the credit and deflects all the blame. Yep. Great leader. Finally, there's a wonderful, interesting line in this... Oh, oh sorry. There's a wonderfully interesting line in this episode when Crazy 8 tells Walt that he's not suited for this kind of work. One's opinion of that concept is the whole crux of this beautiful show. Do Walt's shades and fedora change him, or do they show us who he really is? That is that is a big question to answer. And it's a pork pie hat, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that you can change yourself so much to become something that you're actually not mm. to begin with, right? I mean, people are a product of their environment, their experiences. So I'll go some. I'll go some because you're saying that you can't become something you're not already. Yeah, I'll go so far as that everyone on this planet is capable of the greatest acts of heroism mm-hmm. and the worst acts of villainy. We all have that within ourselves. It all depends on circumstance. It all depends on circumstance. Your life experiences, how you were raised. You know, that all, but I think that in genetically, we all are capable of the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I mean, you go I and think look, you're at, right. look at Nazi Germany. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect example of a collective losing of the mind and acting expediently and uh, being willfully blind to the consequences of one's actions and behavior. But mm-hmm. you look at the history of the nation and how they went through the, you can kind of understand it. But hmm. there it is. So, yeah, I, I I don't know that 
the Walt is necessarily any kind of special person other than maybe his intelligence and his education. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think everyone's capable of doing what Walt is doing. No, no, no. But the, the acts that Walt takes. Sure. Especially um, since the first few acts were kind of either acts of omission, like mm-hmm. you think of Jane. Yeah, yeah. Or things that he, as you said, had to do. Yeah, killing Crazy Eight that, is a must must do. <laughs> those types of situations then prepare you for the more elective evil that one sure. can get up to later. You, you get acclimated to doing these horrible things, and, and you're and you, you continue, don't have a problem and, doing even more horrible things. And it can, it's like the um, you know throwing bad or good money away after bad the sunk cost fallacy. Uh-huh. It's like, well, you know, look at all these lives this older cost that I'm doing for my family and for us. And then each one yeah. of those on that ledger makes that argument stronger and stronger. And especially Walt doesn't reap the the whirlwind of consequences until really the very end of the show. Right. So not having been smacked down for the things the bad things that he's done you can see him getting ever more uh justified in his actions mm-hmm. because he doesn't ever feel the consequences jesse on the other hand boom he does something bad he is smacked down immediately yeah, he, he's he, beaten by dean norris or gets his girlfriend he, killed yeah, twice and and his girlfriend's son poison like you all of these things that happen to Jesse, he gets immediate consequences for. It's arguable that that Walt got let off easy. Uh, yeah, if if yeah. his if his karmic debt were to be settled the way Jesse's was, <laughs> oh, Skyler would have died. Junior probably would've Walt died. Giant Junior would have died, uh, and the high school principal he had to shine on would have been executed. Holly had been raised an orphan, and he would live to see all those things happen before he ultimately succumbed to cancer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's be a very happy ending. I don't think it'd be an improvement over the way it went. But this, <laughs> I mean, Jesse ends up becoming this show's voodoo doll. That he just yeah. takes all the all the 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 pain and they pour it onto him. And I feel like the only one of the light criticisms I have is that it does feel like at the end Walt does get off easy. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little easy. I mean, yeah. you know, Jesse got enslaved by neo-nazi it's just a terrible situation sure a terrible situation. Sure. bad news for jesse so you got that to look forward to if uh you decided to not hear a warning and and uh yep. <laughs> stay through the spoilers that's all we got all right if you'd like to give us more takes of course you know breaking good at baldmove.com is always out there uh you know if you're still hungry for more again check out heisenberg chronicles and com. you got anything else to him no i think that's it all right Let's see you guys next time.